0: The speed limit in my neighborhood is 30 kilometers an hour. There are no sidewalks, I have kids, and I'm a rules follower, so slowing down to a snail's pace when I turn onto the long street that leads me into my neck of the woods is not a problem. One day, I was late and I was rushing and I was definitely going over the speed limit, probably by about 5 or 10 kilometers, and a man on his lawn started waving his arms and yelling at me to slow down. I immediately became defensive. I yelled back, I'm going the speed limit, which I wasn't, and he shot me a dirty look and I was mad as I turned the corner. Once I was home and had calmed down a bit, it hit me like a tidal wave. The guilt. I was totally wrong and totally guilty and let me tell you, all these years later, I still can't go by that guy's house without thinking about it. And I'm certain he let it go a long time ago. But that's the thing about guilt, it's emotional and physical and it's learning and forgiveness and it can be a lot of work. I'm Jenny B and this is it actually. This is
1: it, actually, take a sip and grab a seat, cause this is it.
0: Okay, so there's all different types of guilt, obviously, but I'm going to jump right into the guilt that comes with being a parent, because it's a doozy. Parenting comes with a lot of frustration and exasperation. Sometimes I think I could really use that second set of eyes in the back of my head. I felt suffocated when trying to listen to two stories at the same time, and I generally feel outnumbered. Being a parent means carrying around extra stuff, stuff that no one really needs, but you just can't seem to shake. One thing you'll always have on hand is guilt. It's of zero use to anyone. It's heavier than you'd ever expect. And there's a seemingly endless supply. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I feel awful when I yell, even after I've given 7,000 warnings, I feel bad when I say no, even though there isn't an adult in the world who would vilify me for not giving in to painting the dog, yes, this was a recent request, or climbing to the top of a fairly precarious looking tree and jumping into a very small stream on the other side, also a recent request. I sometimes feel bad for not being a fun mom, even though it's completely justifiable to not allow them to do full gymnastics in the living room or use every single one of my lotions and potions to make new lotions and potions. I used to try and keep up with the other fun and amazing moms on social media who seem to give their kids everything they want and still get the laundry done. i think, shouldn't I want to be that kind of mom? Hey, fun and amazing moms, stop making me feel bad. Oh wait, it's not you, it's me. And don't even get me started on single parent dating. The idea that I would choose to spend time with a total stranger over the loves of my life is so guilt-inducing, it's ridiculous. So yeah. I feel guilty, like, a lot. Sometimes I search for answers, like, why do I feel this way? I'm allowed to have boundaries. I'm allowed to have a life, aren't I? I remember when I started handing out real chores around the house. As a single parent, I sometimes break my back trying to prove to them that I can do both jobs. I never wanted them to feel the loss of a second parent in the house, so I'd go overboard trying to manage all the things. Then I realized how silly that was, so I decided to assign some duties. I felt pretty good about it, until I felt like total crap about it. Watching my littlest mess drag the giant recycling bin to the road gave me major pangs of guilt. Like, why? My mom had me scrubbing toilets when I was eight, and I think I turned out okay. The reality is, we'll never be able to give our kids every single thing they want or even need. So we can spend our days feeling bad about it, or we can decide to just get on with it. Choosing not to be clocked in the ankles by a wooden-handled skipping rope because you don't want to play helicopter will not make or break you as a parent. Actually, I'm pretty sure it doesn't even register. Guilt can show up in so many different forms, and it can be a soul-sucking spiral. I've definitely overextended myself unnecessarily in the past, and I've gone 17 extra miles to make sure someone's feelings weren't hurt. I felt guilt at not being able to make everyone happy all the time, and it's usually at the detriment of myself because I can just deal. Then, when you've actually done something out of character, something you wish you could take back, I mean, come on, we've all been there. I really hurt someone several years ago, and when all was said and done, they definitely didn't want to hear from me about how sorry I was. So I wrote a letter, and I read it over several times, and I burned it, and I let it go. I made a pact to never treat someone that way again, and I haven't, and I know for certain I won't. It doesn't mean that I completely freed myself from my actions, but at some point, if you've done the work and you're moving forward in an evolved way, I think it's okay to let yourself off the hook. I've broken promises and people have let me down too. I've cheated and been cheated on. I've lied and been lied to. I've been mean to my kids, my friends, my family. I've been untrustworthy and I've lost trust. But these things don't make us bad. I mean, we're human and being human means we screw up. Guilt can bring on some pretty gnarly self-criticism, but berating yourself on how shitty you are and how badly you screwed up will definitely not make things better. Sure, there will likely be some sort of consequences and that's fair, but when we punish ourselves, it can really mess us up emotionally. I talk to my daughters a lot about shame. I'm constantly asking them to switch roles and walk in other people's shoes. And that goes both ways, when they've messed up or when someone has done them wrong. How would you want to be treated? Or what would you say to someone who's in a similar position? Pointing out the good stuff, reminding them why they're awesome, what they mean to you, why you love being their friend. Well, don't you deserve that same bit of kindness? There's also the guilt for being okay, like surviving something that other people didn't or doing well when someone you know isn't. I sometimes don't know how to allow myself to be all right. I want to relate or not ever feel superior, if that makes sense. And again, it goes both ways. I'm sure I've made people feel guilty unintentionally that their situation is better than mine, whatever that means. And it puts you in this awkward place of maybe not living your best life or feeling bad about it and not living it out loud. And that's not cool. When the pandemic hit, there was no way of telling how long it would last, how we would all behave, and what we would all look like on the other side of this thing. What's been kind of funny for me, and impossible to predict, are some of the habits we broke and some of the new ones that became a pretty consistent part of our lives. Obviously, my kids are spending way more time outside just to be able to see their friends, and bedtimes and general rules have changed, and things that I used to be kind of hardcore or strict about pretty much fell into a casual state. One thing we started doing was eating dinner in front of the TV. I think it started as a fun thing to do because what were rules anyway? Sidebar, my two regular sayings of this pandemic have been, what is time and nothing matters. Although, let's face it, everything matters. So we started out watching Modern Family, which has a lot of seasons, and that turned into New Girl, which has a decent amount, and now we've launched straight into The Office. In the beginning, it was just about fun, and somewhere in the middle, it became about survival, and now it's just a big old habit. I've had many moments of feeling guilty about this. I grew up in a household that had dinner every single night at 5.30, with all family members present, minus my mom, who watched the store so that my dad could eat with us. We'd be at the table on time, and we talked on and off for a solid 27 minutes, and we'd ask about each other's days and catch up on the little details, and then we'd go on with our business. I've had many moments during our current pandemic dinners where I've thought my mom is probably rolling over in her grave at the casual state of our eating habits. There's a wonderful rabbi named Rabbi Shmuley, and he wrote a book called 10 Conversations to Have with Your Children. In it, he talks about the fact that dinner and conversation at dinner is some of the most important time you can spend with your kids. So every now and then, I'll look over at my children sitting at their TV trays, laughing away at any given character's latest on-screen antics, and Rabbi Shmuley is charging into my thoughts, and I don't think he'd intentionally want to make me feel guilty, but oh boy, there he is, and I sure do. What's funny is my household is nonstop chit-chat. We talk all through the show. Sometimes we have to go back because we've missed something important. We talk in between school classes, during school, after school, before bed, on road trips, on walks. So I'm not overly worried about a lack of conversation, but it's more having this thing ingrained in me that I grew up with. And now I'm changing the script. And is that okay? Geez, guilt has so much power, doesn't it? Like, just in terms of it as a singular emotion, it can linger on our lives and carry so much weight, and in a lot of cases, hold us back from truly moving forward. And sometimes, it's long after other people have either forgotten or forgiven, but we're still holding onto it for dear life. I read something so amazing last week. It's only heavy if you pick it up. Mind blown. (laughs) Mind blown. And while ignoring or pushing away guilt is not the answer, because I don't think it actually just disappears, forgiving yourself or taking action that will allow you to forgive yourself is probably a good idea to help lighten the load. Nobody's perfect. We hurt people. We get hurt. We work too hard. We don't work hard enough. We treat ourselves too much. We refuse to indulge. It may serve us all well to remember that we just have this one life. Like, this is it, actually. I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and, well, it's amazing, I highly recommend, and she talks a lot about guilt and staying in things that she shouldn't have and questioning thoughts that she felt were wrong, and there's this line that just punched me in the gut. She's talking about the moment she realizes that she likes women, not men, and she has a husband and children, and how her life is more than good enough, and she just needs to get it together. She writes, As I climbed out of the tub and shook my hair dry, I told myself, maybe in a different life isn't that interesting as if i had more than one
2: a friend of mine reached out and asked me to record for jenny b a little sort of note on guilt and i said yes and then i was flooded with all the stories i had about guilt first of all i'm jewish and i'm a woman and it seems that not a day goes by that i don't feel guilty about something But one thing really struck me and the reason it struck me was that recently somebody I know posted on LinkedIn that they had gone back to work, I think six weeks after their baby was born and they got a lot of criticism about going back to work. Some people said, good for you. A lot of men said good for you. A lot of women felt that this person was being um, neglectful of her child and was working too hard. And so it brought to mind a story that I had that um, when my first daughter was born, I was working in my family business. And I literally went right up until the day before she was born, I was working, and then I had my daughter. And a week later, I went back into the office. I was lucky. I had a a nanny at home who was helping take care of the baby. I had pumped some milk. And I remember going in for my very first day, and just for a few hours to do some work, and just really loving it. I loved getting away from the house. I loved being back at work. And I just really enjoyed my experience and being free from babies and bottles and diapers and people talking about babies. And on the drive home from work that day, I called my husband and he asked me how my day was. And I said to him, it was great. And I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty that I love going into work. I felt so guilty that I left my daughter behind and I didn't miss her. And I just felt so guilty. And that's always stuck with me. that I was a bad mother, that I didn't miss her terribly, and I didn't feel awful for not being there. And that guilt stuck with me for a long time. I continued to go into work, you know, two or three days a week, and maybe just for two or three hours. But that guilt never left. In fact, it was a double guilt, because I felt guilty for not missing her. But then when I was with her, which I love being with her, I then felt guilty about not being at work. So I was caught in a guilt trap for many years. Anyway, needed to stay. I love my daughter dearly. I loved her as a baby. She's now a grown woman and I absolutely adore her. But I wish I hadn't felt so guilty because I felt that I wasn't effective at work because of the guilt and I wasn't effective as a mother because that guilt made me do things that I wouldn't have otherwise done.
1: For me, I think guilt is tied in with people pleasing and my constant need for perfection. When I was building my first business after college as a freelance graphic designer, I hit a point where there were so many orders coming in that it was getting difficult to keep up. I finally landed my dream client after a couple of years. She had about 20,000 followers and warned me that once she posted her new branding, I would get a flood of people coming to me to design their logo and graphics, which is really a business owner's dream. That's the whole goal. So I said, absolutely, I'm ready for this. At first, it was so exciting. Every day, I would wake up to more and more orders. The more people I designed for, the more people would see my work and place their orders. I just kept accepting all of the orders because I didn't want anyone to feel left out. My family and friends were so happy for me. I thought this is just what it took to be a successful business owner. But then the guilt started creeping in. I wasn't able to keep up with everyone and I would feel guilty for not being able to reply to them right away like I used to. I didn't want to raise my prices with the demand because I felt guilty for charging someone more than what their friend paid last week. I felt guilty for spreading myself too thin and maybe not giving everyone my best work for not being as creative as I was at the start. (sighs) I thought I could handle it all until it started to really affect my mental and physical health. As I was working so much, I started to lack personal care. I felt guilty for my summer slipping away and barely spending any time outside in the fresh air. I felt guilty for not taking care of myself, not eating properly or even getting enough sleep. I felt guilty for not seeing my friends and family as much anymore. So I decided I would try to get a better balance of the two. But then I found when I would prioritize myself, I felt guilty about all the people waiting in my inbox for a reply, the revisions, confirming new orders, just not knowing how to help myself feel better and make sure everyone else was happy at the same time. After taking a step back, this is what I think of now as the spiral of guilt. It can happen to anyone, not just someone who owns a business, but For anyone who pours themselves into their work. I think guilt is an unnecessary feeling most of the time. It's just something that we do to ourselves. I found that the more I get caught up with something, the worse it gets and it can really start to spiral. When I start to feel this now, I'm getting a bit better at catching myself in the moment. I found that taking a step back and just taking a minute to breathe and just write out my thoughts has really helped me to see it from another angle. And I realize that most of the time when it gets out of control, it's only because I give it the power to. So I'm learning to let go and trust my intuition more these days.
3: My most painful moment where there was a lot of guilt was hearing my son had been diagnosed with sickle cell disease that is an inherited blood disease that can be passed down from the parents if they carry the sickle cell trait. Now, neither my husband or myself knew each other had the trait. And honestly, it would not have changed the circumstances if we had known, I mean, realistically, it's not like we were gonna stop doing the do, (laughs) I'm just saying. But it was just the fact that we were ignorant to the information and the reality of it impacting our children. And um, my son got diagnosed as an infant. And I lived with guilt for the first three years of his life, at least the first three years of his life, feeling like I could have done something different to prevent him from getting diagnosed with this horrible disorder, especially when he had pain crisis. And the best way I can explain that pain is chronic arthritis throughout your entire body. Watching him go through those spells It was heartbreaking. I mean, I had read how the disease is passed down and understood intellectually. There was no rhyme or reason behind it. I knew there was nothing I could have done to prevent it from happening, that the disease could pass through generations and then the next generation would get it. So I understood intellectually that it was not my fault, but the guilt was attached to my heart and my heart was him. My heart, you know, it's your children. The guilt was attached to where the hopes of his life were. I had to choose to give myself a break. I had to choose to accept the facts for what they were. It was not my fault and I was exhausting myself living with it in my head over and over again, guilting myself. It was exhausting. I had to choose to give myself a break. And then I had to make a decision on how I was going to approach the fact of his illness moving forward and not just reliving what I could have done differently or what I thought I could have done differently and changed my perspective on what was happening in my home. So I chose to change the pain of the, di- the of the diagnosis into purpose as a constant reminder that his life did not have to carry a negative spin on it and that I did not have to carry unwarranted guilt just because I loved him. And so in that, I persuaded <laughs> my family to get involved in the sickle cell community and we began hosting blood drives for those in need. And we also came up with a new holiday only in my home and it's called Sickle Cell Day and this day is every September because September is National Sickle Cell Awareness Month and so in September we celebrate Sickle Cell Day and it celebrates my son's bravery and his life and our love as a family and he honestly looks at Sickle Cell Day as a second birthday and literally can't wait for it each year And so in that decision to release the guilt and pick up opportunity, we were able to take something that was negative and make it into some sort of a positive. We took something so ugly and painful and regrettable and made it a beautiful sentiment in our family's legacy. So my lesson and what I would hope others would take away from this story is you must figure out a way to turn pain into purpose. It is necessary to be able to let go of the guilt and to move on with your life. Find a way to change pain into purpose.
1: This is a tip, actually.
0: I think most of my tips pretty much always have something to do with gratitude. It's not a cop-out, I swear. I just honestly think that it almost always saves the day. Am I wrong? Anyway, instead of feeling guilty, you can try and dig into being thankful. Thank people for their kindness. Acknowledge the good stuff you get as a result of people's understanding. And then pay it forward when and if it's ever your turn and you're feeling solid again. It may not be a foolproof strategy, but it can't hurt, right? I wanna say thank you to my amazing guest storytellers today, Fatima, Tara, and Tracy, for their incredibly relatable stories. I'm so grateful. Don't forget, my friend David, owner of The Bearded Baker, is giving all of my listeners 15% off his amazing cookies. He ships outside of Toronto, and they arrive fresh and yummy, so this offer is for everyone. Go to thebeardedbaker.ca and use code Cookies Actually to save 15%. All right, that's all I've got for today. If you have an idea for something you think I should talk about, or you want to tell me your story, I would love to hear from you. Drop me a DM or send an email to thisisitactually at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now go say something nice to someone. This is it.
1: Actually, take a sip and grab a seat. Cause this is it.